Ooh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Dawson Wise, and Jace Brown here on a Tuesday night. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We want to hear from you as well, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and be a part of today's show. And on today's show, we'll talk about Mike Vrabel being fired from the Tennessee Titans. We'll give our best bets and we'll dive into NFL Week 18 and give our recaps on that weekend. But we begin with this, and it's Michigan wins the national championship. The number one Michigan Wolverines defeat Washington 34-13 in Houston on Monday behind Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards combined 238 yards and four touchdowns. And Michigan's defense, which we talked a lot about yesterday, guys, holds Washington to a season-low 13 points to help Michigan earn their first national championship since 1997. Uh, guys, we were all watching it. We uh, actually started while we were still in studio yeah. yesterday, and we um, went 3-0 and on our best bets. A little uh, round of applause for us there. Um, but, guys, what was the most impressive part of Michigan's dominant win? The defense, 100%, right? I mean, they, what we said they needed to do yesterday was repeat what they did against Bama. They do. They keep the big plays down for the most part, although Washington had a few mistakes as well. Roma Dunze dropping a fourth down pass early in the game. Maybe that changes it. Maybe it doesn't. They have a dominant performance nonetheless. Uh, to me, the surprisingly impressive part was Donovan Edwards. Uh, we talked a lot about Blake Corum yesterday. We did not talk about Donovan Edwards. He has two very long touchdowns, including one on the first drive that set the tone for Michigan for the remainder of the game. Yeah, his uh, Edwards' play, I think for me that one-two punch of Corum and Edwards getting going early and often was really big, setting themselves apart from Washington. It looked for a little bit like your under of under of 55 points wasn't going to hit after that first quarter. It looked a little scary. It looked like it might have been running away with it. But, uh, again, like you said, defense was the big thing. Limiting Penix's ability to make plays, getting after him a lot. I mean, we saw him getting up slow most of the time that he was dropping back. So him being able – or defense being able to get back there, make him uncomfortable, really set the tone. Yeah, you know, we talked yesterday about how important that Michigan defense was going to be. And not only did they hold Washington to 13 points, but they really kind of rattled Michael Penix a little bit. Uh, 27 of 51, kind of an uncharacteristic game from him after he's been so impressive this season. Just the downfield throws, his elite ball placement, a lot of that seemed kind of out of sync last night. It seemed that the Michigan zone kind of put Penix and Washington in a hard situation to be able to perform to the level they have all season. So uh, definitely the defense was one of the highlights, but I want to talk more about Donovan Edwards. And you mentioned it earlier, a guy that we did not talk about yesterday and really has not been talked about much this season. Coming into the year, 
you know, a lot of people thought that Michigan was returning two of the top five backs in the in the country in Corum and Edwards, but we've seen a lot more of Corum than we have of Edwards this season. And a uh, matter of the fact, no 100-yard games this year for Edwards, averaged 3.5 yards per carry, and only had three touchdowns in the regular season. And then last night, he goes for 104 yards, 17.3 yards per carry, and has two touchdowns. And in a championship game, you need kind of that third cog to come in and win the game. Now, everyone knew that Michigan defense was going to be great. You know what J.J. McCarthy is going to do, kind of game manage the game so Michigan isn't taken out of it. But you needed another performance. And you got that from Donovan Edwards in that run game. Uh, combining for 238 yards on the ground and four touchdowns in the run game, that's how you win a championship. And Michigan did that right you know, right, right out of the gates. It was Donovan Edwards with that long touchdown. And then Washington kind of stayed around. You know, you thought we might have a, a relapse of last year's national championship game where, you know, Georgia got out to a really hot start and it never ended. And in that first quarter, we're like, oh, man, here we go again. You know, another beat down a national championship game. But Washington had a couple opportunities there, and they were only trailing by seven there in the third, late third quarter, early fourth quarter maybe. Um, and, you know, they get the ball to start that second half as well, that crucial turnover um, from Penix. Now, might not necessarily have been his fault, kind of tipped around, but still a, a big-time turnover um, for a Washington team that's been pretty good at controlling the football, especially offensively. And I think Michigan uh, just rattled them and uh, just just was dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. And um, now the, the other storyline from this game is something we talked about at the tail end of yesterday's episode, is Jim Harbaugh. You know, uh, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of rumors, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but when there's talk about anything, there's a little bit of substance to it, right? And Jim Harbaugh to the NFL now seems more imminent than it has ever. Uh, Is now the time for Jim Harbaugh to make that next step to the NFL? I'm still torn. I'm torn like I was yesterday. Yesterday I said I, I don't know. Today I still say I don't know. Um, I think if he's going to do it, you probably want to do it now. I don't think you want to stick around and continue to win at Michigan and then go to leave. I think once you stick around and continue to win, I mean, you're not going to want to leave at that point. So if he's going to jump, I think he's got to jump now. I'll tell you, with the Chargers job open and the situation that that presents, that's where I would go, I think, or at least try to go, try to interview for that job. That's a great situation to jump right right back into a contending situation in the NFL, uh, you know, with Justin Herbert and, and some franchise pieces over there that I think were just a little bit mismanaged. If he's going to go, that's a perfect opportunity, I think, to not have to rebuild and to also continue to win. But man, I don't know. It's such a perfect situation at Michigan. I don't know if I'd leave. Yeah, especially coming off a of natty, you know, in the fashion that they did it in, big time uh, decision to come. But like you said, uh, if there was a time for Jim Harbaugh to jump ship, it would be within like the coming weeks because right now he's got options in the NFL. He's got six head coaching spots available right now that are wide open. Not really too much buzz going around about who these teams are going after anyway. So, I mean, he's also got the body of work in college and in the NFL. So, I mean, if, if we don't hear about it soon, I doubt we hear it at all. I think this season has been so unique for Michigan because – at the beginning of the year, you know, Harbaugh's out for the first first three games because of an NCA investigation from 2020. And then, obviously, everyone knows about the most documented scandal in college football in the last 10 years about the, the sign-stealing thing. Harbaugh gets another three games for that, right? But despite all of that, he's still able to finish at 15-0 and win a national championship. 
And when he first went to Michigan, his alma mater, his goal was to win a championship. That's any coach's goal, right? And that's the highest achievement in college football, to win a national championship. And to me, I really don't see what else he has to prove. He's won a championship, right? He's delivered on his promise. And now, with everything still looming around after the chaos of this season, the NCAA kind of being the the football god at the top, you know, kind of depicting whatever happens and it's out of their control and reality, I think he's kind of tired of it. And I think if there was an opportunity for him to go to the NFL, there's a place in Los Angeles that he could be very successful at. He doesn't have to go and rebuild a team. He doesn't have to go and draft a quarterback and hope it works out. You already know who you have. Justin Herbert is a ball player. And that team is ready to win now. They've got pieces on that team that are ready to win now. And a lot of people, including myself, thought they continued to over or underachieve, I should say, because of Brandon Staley and the uh, piss-poor job he was doing, and no wonder he gets fired. And now you bring in a guy like Harbaugh who has experience, has coached in a Super Bowl before, and now has won at the highest level in college football. Why not try and do the same at the NFL level? I think if his time, if there was a time ever to do it, it'd be right now. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, after the parades are over, after the celebration's done, I'd say, hey, you know, in a polite way, this is my time. It's I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, and I don't think anyone at Michigan would be mad, right? Uh, this is his time to go, and I think he's got to do it now. Because if he doesn't act on it quick enough, I don't think he wants to go to Carolina. I don't think he wants to go to Washington. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think he'd want to go to Atlanta. I think the second best destination would be Tennessee because uh, they've got at least some pieces there. You've got a quarterback that you've at least seen work. Now it's kind of filling out the rest of the roster, but they're not as complete as the Chargers in my opinion. So I think the time was now, or if there was any time, it'd be right now. Um, let's talk about now Michigan as a whole in this season as a whole. Obviously, I alluded to the you know controversy they faced this season. Will people view this championship differently with all the off-field noise they went through this season. Jace, we'll begin with you. Uh, I think there is a high chance of it. I mean, we've already, like, for me on Twitter at least, or X or whatever you want to call it, I've already seen people already marking it as an asterisk national title and one that's going to be vacated soon. I mean, uh, people keeping up with, like, Barstool Sports and stuff, those guys sometimes are idiots. But uh, (laughs) Brandon Walker went on something about cheaters being rewarded, cited, uh, you know, like the 2017 Astros cheating their way in and, you know, making it happen. And same thing that happened with Michigan, of course, still ongoing. We don't know full details about it. But, yeah, I definitely think there's going to be some public criticism uh, of this national title, of course. You know, the players did well. They went through adversity. Of course, they had that Twitter thing where they they all tweeted out bet whenever uh, Harbaugh got cited a second time and had to get dumped out for three games. So, I mean, yeah, this surrounded by controversy, it'll always be surrounded by controversy. I think it's too soon to say now. I think it partly depends on the results of the investigation, if they find any more substantial evidence. Um, We know what we've seen so far. um, But right now you're going to have a lot of emotional responses, you know, from fan bases that are going to say, well, it's an asterisk. And maybe in a few months once we, you know, it settles down, the investigation happens, maybe people feel a little bit differently. Um, But it very well could. I mean, obviously with all that we know and all that we've seen and and them getting rid of of Stallions at the beginning of the season, certainly – not the greatest look, so I feel like you'll have the people that will, you know, hang on to that and say, well, maybe it's not as legitimate, but ultimately they still did go fifteen and zero and and fight through that controversy. So, 
from a player's perspective, and that's kind of the angle I've tried to take this whole season with Michigan because these guys are not directly involved with anything that goes on outside of the football field. These guys are here to play, and they played at the highest level all season. So for them, I feel like it should not be an asterisk mark because they played and beat the teams they had to do. I mean, they had to beat. And, I mean, they beat Alabama and Nick Saban in a Rose Bowl that went down to the wire. It took a, a ton of, you know, fighting through adversity, making plays down the stretch in that game in a huge venue. Uh, that in itself, I think, uh, just is a sample size of what this team has had to go through just on the field and not even including what has gone on off the field. So, to me, I don't really view this as an asterisk mark, in my opinion, because of what the players did, not because of everything that went on outside of the field what the players did and they were able to do at the highest level all season long we saw it last night completely shut down one of the most dynamic offenses in college football a a Heisman Trophy finalist uh, looked like a guy that you know maybe played for Indiana Uh, you know it it just I I think Michigan showed last night and all season long on the field that this should not be viewed as an asterisk mark Um, real quick if Harbaugh leaves would that be a sign of like, okay, maybe he knows something's coming. Maybe he knows that uh, the hammer may be laying down. And now I know if he goes to the NFL, it might just be the professional move that he wants to do. But some people could also say, well, look, he's getting out of town. He knows something's coming. He knows someone went wrong. Is, is that a fair angle to take? I, th- I think it is. I mean, it definitely raises some red flags, especially if it is quick, like we do expect it to be if it does happen. Uh, yeah, I think – yeah, it's absolutely possible because, I mean, if he sticks around in college football and they find something's wrong, the first thing they're going to do is punish him. I mean, he's going to get, mm-hmm. at the very least, a show cause. I would have, I would assume more than that for something like this. So if he were to, to run off, and especially if it were to be quickly, like they get the parade done and he's signing a contract, it could be for sure. It definitely does not uh, doesn't look very good. Yeah, do you, do you think it's already in the back of his mind what he's going to do? I, I feel like if he knows he's going to the NFL, and I think sometimes when people talk to the – uh, the the press people in the, in the interviews, you can kind of tell through their language of what they're really saying. And last night he was told, you know, told everyone, I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let me enjoy this moment. Is that okay? You know, uh, if there is really any, uh, like, if he had the idea that he was going to stay, he might have had a different wording there. And obviously someone's words don't mean everything. But um, kind of just shutting it down completely and saying, let me enjoy this night, kind of says, okay, well, there might be some you know, future moves to come here. All right, and when we come back, we'll talk about Mike Vrabel. His time is done in Tennessee. We'll be right back. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. 
Life is more fun with a Good Life checking account, offering extra benefits including bank travel. Join us for a trip to Mackinac Island for a stay at the beautiful Grand Hotel. Travel with us to southern Utah to witness the enormous, colorful, and unusual rock formations. Or join us on one of our many day trips. We're always on the go. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Yeah. And welcome back into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's overtime here on a Tuesday night, and we got some we got some big news today, guys. Uh, Mike Vrabel has been fired from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, fired after six seasons and back-to-back losing seasons. Vrabel was 54 and 45 in the regular season, or excuse me, all time with the Titans, and two and three in the postseason with the Titans, which included an AFC Championship appearance in 2019. Now, this kind of so kind of unfolded pretty quickly and you know, Sunday was a very emotional win for them against Jacksonville. Uh, Derrick Henry, his time likely done. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, a guy's been there for a while, he's likely done and a lot of the I guess a lot of the people were kind of thinking that Vrabel would maybe stick around and and or at least get traded. But the firing news come out today. And I, I just I was surprised how quickly un, this unfolded, guys. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't at least wait and try to to get the trade options, especially if they were planning to move on. You want to give your replacement that extra draft capital, um, and certainly the Titans still have a, a pretty good draft spot for that new regime to come in. But I, they must have someone in mind. To me, that's what I thought when they got the news this morning. Uh, is that they've got somebody lined up already that they want to get. And he must be some kind of hot commodity that, that they want to get off the block immediately, so much so that they forfeited draft capital just to get rid of Rabel and say, we're going to go after our guy right now. Yeah, like you said, they must have some sort of idea in mind. And, uh, yeah, this turnaround was way too quick to me. Like you said, that draft capital is going to be uh, pretty imperative for these next couple of years because, I mean, it feels like 
are they going to go full rebuild mode or are they just trying to go win now with new head coach? I feel like it's probably the prior, but, uh, you know, Vrabel proved his worth as a head coach already. Like you said, that AFC title game run uh, was pretty magical. That postseason for Derrick Henry was awesome, uh, and I think he'll make a new team very happy pretty soon. Uh, maybe a little hot take here. Do you all think that Vrabel and Arthur Smith reunite? That'd be interesting. Um I don't know. I'm particularly not a big fan of Arthur Smith, right. to be honest. But um, I think it'll a be interesting to see where Vrabel goes, and I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of are leaning towards the New England Patriots route. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what New England decides to do with Belichick is still up in the air. If it were up to me, I'd keep him around, but make him a a uh, like a president of football operations or a general manager, something like that. So he's still around. Uh, but not necessarily being the day-to-day guy on how the, the franchise is run. Um, to me, I think it was surprising how quickly this was done. I get the, you know, we want to go out and get our guy. We want to get in interviews as quickly as we can if we already know we're moving on. Because, you know, trades, as we know in all sports, trades can stall out and take a while. So, if you're kind of having this back and forth with another team of trying to trade uh, Vrabel and see what kind of you know money or or picks or players wh- whatever it may be that stuff gets complicated and can take a couple weeks. So if they already knew in the back of their mind they were going to move on, I in a sense understand the firing, but I think Vrabel uh, was I guess owed more than a uh, a Tuesday morning announcement that he's been fired. Right, he's done a lot for that franchise and. He's always had a really good attitude about it. He cares about his players. And even when they were you know, out of the playoffs this weekend, nothing mattered what they did on Sunday. He was still on the sidelines, you know, hugging his players, firing them up, and they had a really impressive performance. So I think that in itself should have been handled a, a different way. I get you know, there's no nice way to fire someone. But maybe, I guess the wording, a mutual parting of ways or, or something like that, you know, wanting him to go succeed somewhere else and knowing that this is not the right place for him right now because we all agreed yesterday. I think he's a guy that's trying to win now and not necessarily want to be a part of a rebuild. And I understand that, but I think you owed him a little bit more than just to say, hey, uh, he's been fired and we're moving on. I think that just kind of comes off a little, little harsh. Um so did the Titans make a mistake firing Vrabel instead of imploring a trade opportunity, which is something you alluded to a little bit ago? I still think, yeah. I think if you're going to go get a new regime, and if, especially if you're going to go full rebuild, which I don't know if the Titans are going that way yet. It seems that they are. Uh, they're they're going to have some pieces that they're going to probably want to move on from uh, that are getting up there in age. Uh, they're going to want to get younger, uh, and that's going to require a rebuild. So I, I think you would rather have the draft capital. Uh, but again, They've got to have somebody in mind. I don't know if it's a current NFL coach or a current coordinator that they want to try to get. I don't know if it's a college guy. Heck, is it Jim Harbaugh? I mean, do they do they want to go get him immediately? We we don't know. It, they must have somebody. Uh, but, I, I mean, to expedite the process of getting a new regime in, you had to do this. I don't get why they didn't wait for draft capital, but to a degree, again, I, I somewhat understand it. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of not sure if they are going full rebuild, you know. Like you said, Levis is still there. They got a firework in the backfield with uh Tajay Spears. He's been electric. Uh Traylon Burks, we still haven't really seen a full season with him uh with a quarterback that's really going to get him the ball much. You know, you got DeAndre Hopkins out there that can make things happen. You've got Oconquo at tight end. 
you're just lacking that offensive line. Uh, and, you know, defense flew around a little bit this year. We saw some sparks of some positive there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think instead of getting after those trade options and firing Vrabel immediately, still not the greatest idea in the world. Should we also take a look at Amy Adams-Strunk, who over the last couple of seasons has – uh, been a part of some really questionable decisions like trading A.J. Brown for a bag of chips um, and, you know, letting – I guess Kevin Byard, his time was kind of up. He wasn't being the same productive player that he was during his time. He had a high bill. I understand that. But I, I think also some Titans fans are kind of taking the angle of, okay, she's a little bit of a problem here. She's causing a little bit of a rift inside the Titans organization. And I think uh, that might have played into – a firing, just not even worrying about trying and getting trade capital or anything like that. And as I said earlier, I get that trades sometimes take a while, but I think it would have been by far in their best interest. Uh, you you can't tell me that there's not another team in the NFL that would not want to have Rabel on their on their roster, right? Uh, there's a you know Washington or Atlanta or another. Uh, even you know some of the teams with coaches would would maybe entertain some of those trade talks as well. So uh, I think it's a missed opportunity. And when you look at a couple of the trades they've made over the last couple of years, it doesn't really surprise me that they uh, were reluctant and didn't even really try the opportunity to trade them away. I I still think it's crazy you can trade coaches and stuff like yeah, that. Isn't that, isn't so that kind of in that kind of weird? Um, but. So now let's move on to Mike Vrabel and where his next next destination may be. Um, what where would be a good fit for him? Uh, you said the Patriots. That's a good one. I say the Chargers. Still, I think if we circle back to the Chargers. We've talked about them. The outside shot. I said if you can't get the Chargers to the Patriots job, is Atlanta? Uh, they're a team that you still probably need a little bit better quarterback. You could go get that this year. This is a really good class uh, of quarterbacks. If you can get a Michael Penix or, or someone like that to lead your team. Maybe that's a situation. I mean, look at their offense. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Mac Hollins. That's a good offense in Atlanta. It's a it's a solid defense. It's a young defense uh, held up by A.J. Terrell. Uh, that It's a unit that you could win with if you get some more pieces and you have the right guy in place. And being the, the leader of men type coach that Mike Vrabel is, I think he could make that work if that's where he chooses to go. I think if this team moves on from their interim coach, Antonio Pierce, I feel like the Raiders could be a nice little option for him. I mean – there's plenty of talent there, you know, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and that defense back half of the year with Antonio Pierce at the helm flew around. They meshed really well together, and they played some really good games. Ended up being 8-9 and nine after a lackluster first half of the year. So, I mean, it's not like a full rebuild team, and it's something that he could really work with. And, you know, I think if they get him in there, they pick up some pieces in the draft, they could be leaning towards like a win-now almost type deal. Do you think the Raiders move on from Antonio Pierce? So I'm kind of under the understanding mm. they might keep him around. Because I, I think what he's done this season has been very impressive. He was put in a terrible situation, dysfunctional. And not only is that team competitive, but they won some big games. And they looked at least like a competent team. And I think he really embodies kind of the Raiders' DNA. Kind of hard-nosed um, and, and a guy that another very similar like Vrabel cares about his players and wants to win and um, isn't about me. And I think sometimes some of these coaches get so caught up in me, me, me. Antonio Pierce was a guy that I thought fit the Raiders' bill very well. And y'all really, I, I don't know if they'd move on from him. I'd, I'm not sure if they would. Again, like you said, he's very uh, player like minded here, uh, like Vrabel is. So, I mean, 
you really can't go wrong with either of those guys if that's the kind of mindset that the Raiders do have, which is, you know, uh, hard-nosed. I mean, they're going to get stuff done. They're going to play decent defense. They're going to make things happen on special teams. Like, this is – both of those guys are kind of fit the same description. Unless you can find a home run higher – I don't think they should move on right. from Antonio Pierce. I mean, with just how well they played at the end of the season, give him a shot. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and you can move on in a, in a few years if you want to rebuild especially. Uh, but right now, with the way that team played to end the season, I think you got to at least give him a chance. Mm. Yeah, and, and sometimes hiring the interim coach is a little bit of a, a touchy subject. Like, you know, it, it might not turn out long term, but I think what he's done has been different than some other interim coaches that have maybe gotten a win or two. But Antonio Pierce has done a really good job, and they've gotten multiple wins and been competitive in a lot of games. And I think you know they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I think the most impressive game was the Kansas City game on Christmas. I was, mm-hmm. you know, that's a game that they are completely outmatched, playing in Arrowhead, have really nothing to play for, even though they were kind of uh, creeping towards the playoff realm mm-hmm. a little bit towards the end of the season. And that's a credit to Antonio Pierce as well, the fact that they were even able to be in the realm of that. Um, so I think that game was very impressive, and and he had a number of them throughout the year. So I don't even know if uh, if Pierce would be available. That's a good. Right. I mean, it's a good good point though. I think Vrabel would fit in well there too. Uh, uh, to me, I think New England is the obvious destination. He played there. He knows what it's like to be a Patriot. They need a big boost after all of the cold weather and just Mac Jones tornado that's been hidden there for the last uh, three years. They need a big restart though. And I think they're in a worse situation than the Titans are because you don't have your quarterback. You have an outdated roster. Uh, guys like bringing in guys like Devontae Parker, who uh, isn't a, a top-tier wide receiver, yet you pay him like one. Uh, letting Jacoby Myers walk last season to go pay Juju Smith-Schuster the same amount of money when he's been injury-riddled over the last four years. And you have guys... Uh, you know they're they're taking kickers and punters before they t- take a Malik Neighbors in the draft last year. So it's dysfunctional as can be, and more dysfunctional than I think the Titans are. So if Vrabel wants to go to a win now situation, and we talked about it with Jim Harbaugh wanting to do the same, I think the Chargers would be the best opportunity for Vrabel if he wants to win now, because when you look at all the coaching jobs, and uh, Atlanta's another one too that he could possibly go to, because they're not necessarily in a total rebuild they're just they don't have a quarterback um so i think atlanta's a good option but i think his best would be los angeles if uh they don't go after jim harbaugh so i'll raise this question now mike vrabel or jim harbaugh you're the los angeles chargers gm you have the opportunity to make this decision are you going jim harbaugh or mike vrabel dawson vrabel Personally, for me, I think Jim Harbaugh has done it in the NFL before. He's taken a team the distance to the Super Bowl, but that was that was it. I mean, after that, you know, that run with Kaepernick. After that, they didn't he really do a whole lot else. So you got back to the postseason, but that's about it. Vrabel was two plays away from a second AFC Championship game appearance in that AFC Championship game, competed in that game, and you know pushed that I believe it was the Chiefs to the distance mm-hmm. to the wire in that game. I would I would take him because of the more recent success. Harbaugh certainly a good option, but I would take Vrabel just for his recent his recent results. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think I'm also going to go Vrabel, kind of with the recency thing, maybe for a little different reasoning, just because you know Harbaugh's been in a different planet pretty much uh, with college football compared to the NFL. Uh, maybe he's gotten used to 
you know, the recruiting aspect, and that's a whole different ball game compared to the NFL where these guys come in, they sign these big bucks, and they're ready to go. Where now in college, like we talked about yesterday, you got the NIL stuff going on, everything else that goes along with that. So, you know, Vrabel, he's been in the league for several, like five, six years in a row now. Why not jump on a guy that's got the hot hand? Yeah, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in here and talk Mike Vrabel with us. Uh, to me, I, I'd choose Jim Harbaugh because Mike Vrabel is a defensive-minded guy, and he's really good at it. I'm not, I'm not knocking him for that, but you just got off of a defensive-minded guy in Brandon Staley that did not go anywhere, and in, in, in fact, it was horrible. They had one of the worst defenses for his whole entire tenure. Jim Harbaugh is an offensive-minded guy, and I think when you look at how the NFL has kind of shifted over the last couple of years with the you know, penalties and rules in place to kind of open up the middle of the field more, we no longer see the Vontez Burfecht blindside hits that take people's heads off. And they're trying to protect the players, but I think most importantly protect the offense because the offense, you can sell a lot better than the defense. And I know the NFL is not all about you know, uh, being a brand, but it is one. And they've got to draw fans in. And I think with these rules that they put in place, offense is the more superior side of the ball now. And when you've got Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler, though he seems a, a foot behind these days, but they've got a, they've got a really good group of offensive players I think you have to take advantage of that with an offensive-minded coach, and there's a reason why last year in the playoffs, seven out of the eight remaining coaches in the playoffs were offensive-minded guys. And that's not to say defensive-minded coaches can't work out. We just saw D'Amico Ryans this year head mm -hmm. to the Texans, and they were great. But if you're a GM that just fired a defensive-minded guy, I'd probably lean towards taking an offensive-minded guy to help you know, build your franchise around your generational quarterback in Justin Herbert. And I think Vrabel would, would do a really good job with the Chargers, but I think if you're, if you're the GM of the Chargers, you have to look at what you just went through and hire an offensive-minded guy. Am I, am I crazy for that? I don't think so. I, I think, like you said, you've, I mean, you've got the pieces. You, you've got Eckler back there. You've got like three deep in the wide receiver room that could really go off in the game. Maybe four if you throw Palmer in there, which we've seen him do. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's an obvious, viable answer. And, again, like we've been talking about, I think if Harbaugh is going to go to the league, that is going to be his premier and only landing spot. Yeah, it's the way football's going. Offense is going to win more than, than defense, at least the, you know the way we see modernizing offenses going on in the NFL. They're kind of following the college model a little bit of running those, those spread high-tempo offenses that, that you can score a lot of points. Harbaugh has shown he could do that before. In fact, he did it you know about a decade ago at this point with Colin Kaepernick at the helm. So he can do it if you're going to go get him. Certainly a, a good way to, to utilize the offense that was very good and very uh, misused under Staley. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and be a part of Overtime tonight. We'll be right back with our last segment of the hour, our best bets of the night. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit RogersHydrantService.com. 
Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Final segment of the First hour here on Overtime, and it's time for our best bets of the night. A nice night for us, 3-0 and last night. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, I'll begin. I've got two best bets for you guys tonight, both in college basketball. We begin with Kentucky at minus 12. Now, Kentucky loves to get out and run, and the Wildcats will do their best to do so tonight. They are by far the most athletic team on the court, and Missouri very well could be um, out-athleticized, if that's a word, at every we'll, – we'll, we'll say it is, we'll say it is um, – out-athleticized at every position tonight. Uh, Missouri came in and beat Kentucky last year pretty handedly, and I think uh, Coach Calipari will remind his guys about that loss. Um, and I think Kentucky has shown, shown so far this season they're a legit team, and Missouri uh, really struggled last Saturday. I think this is a good, stop, a good spot uh, for Kentucky at – 
minus 12. Now my other one, Baylor minus four and a half. Um, this is BYU's first Big 12 road trip. And I think Baylor's athleticism in the backcourt will be difficult for BYU to handle. And the Cougars can't fully take advantage of Baylor's weaknesses in defending dribble drives. So I take Baylor minus four and a half. This is their second game in their new uh, Foster Pavilion as well. I'd look for them to improve to, uh, excuse me, third game in their new pavilion. I'd look for them to improve to 3-0. and I got two as well. I'll start. I'll, I'll follow the trend. I'll start in college basketball. I'm going to yep. take Houston minus two and a half on the road against Iowa State. That is a really good Houston team. They played a lot of big games already. A huge conference win to start their their conference play. Their first game in Big Twelve play actually as a member of that conference. So in their second game, they get an Iowa State team who has only played one ranked team. It was last weekend against Oklahoma. They lose by eight. Houston favored by two and a half on the road. I expect them to go in and perform. L.J. Cryer, Emmanuel Sharp, Jawan Roberts, all shooting very well. Jawan Roberts leads the team in rebounds. Cryer obviously is the star of the show there, shooting 45%. They have three guys shooting over 35% from three. They're a very good offensive team. They can really put up points. I don't think Iowa State can match them, so I take Houston minus two and a half uh, on that game on the road. Then I head to the NBA. Uh, I have been high on the Orlando Magic all year. They are a growing team. They're a good team. They've got good young pieces. They are plus five and a half tonight against Minnesota at home at the Amway Center. I expect them to perform. Uh, they're coming off a, a win against Denver on the road. The defending champion Denver Nuggets, uh, Bancaro, 32-11-10, a triple-double for him. Suggs, 27. Cole Anthony, 23. Wagner, 19-10. They got huge performances from their young stars in a big game. This is another big game. The Timberwolves atop the Western Conference. Uh, they're at home, on home floor. They've gotten good performances the last couple weeks from those guys. I like the Magic to cover plus five and a half. I've also got two. Everybody's got two tonight. Uh, for I've got one for college basketball and NBA tonight. I'm also taking Houston minus two and a half against or at Iowa State. Of course, in conference, it's going to be a feisty crowd for a Tuesday night. But this Houston team is undefeated for a reason. I think they go into Iowa State. They take care of business. And for NBA, I'm going to take the Lakers minus four and a half against the Raptors at home. That one's at minus 110 whenever I last checked. And, of course, Raptors kind of down some guys in the post area right now. Uh, I know Jakob Pertl's still been out. Uh, and, of course, for the Lakers, AD is very hit or miss on whether he's going to play or not. He is probable tonight, so I'd like to see him go out there, drop another you know, 30-18 and 18 type of night, and I do kind of see that at home. After they finally got the monkey off their back, that was a spell on them for most of the month of December. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how the Lakers have really struggled after that play-in game. Yeah. Um, hope for them to bounce back again tonight after they got a big win against the Clippers. Yeah, the other big night, time too. win against the Clippers. Finally was able to pull one off. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, so that's our best bets tonight. Kentucky minus 12 and Baylor minus 4.5 for me. Dawson has Houston minus 2.5 and, and the Magic plus 5.5. And, and Jace with Houston minus 2.5 as well. And the Lakers minus 4.5 too. Let's hope to improve. Uh, let's go for nine and zero tonight, right? Let's do it. Let's <laughs> well, do I guess it. I guess y'all both had the same one, but y'all this y'all the same one last night too. So we're going yeah. for nine and zero tonight. Yeah. Good start to the new year. All right, let's move over to college football now, where your Tennessee Volunteers picked up another guy in the portal today, and that is Temple quarterback Jalen McMurray announced he will transfer to Tennessee on social media. The all-conference cornerback helps reload UT's secondary after seven defensive backs enter the portal. And guys, we were taking a look at him during the break. Last year, probably his best season, uh, McMurray earned all AAC honors in 2023 with 39 tackles and four pass breakups. 
Uh, he came to uh, Tennessee early in January and decided to make his decision tonight. Uh, where do you think he'll impact Tennessee the most? Obviously, he'll be the secondary, very thin, but what do you think he will bring to the table? Depth. I think it's the biggest thing. It's depth for a secondary that loses depth again in the portal this year. You needed depth guys to go along with the young pieces. I think the young pieces are going to be very effective for Tennessee. We saw a hint of that in the Citrus Bowl, I think, as well with guys like Ricky Gibson and Harrison and also the guys coming in as well in next year's class. But you needed a depth guy. You need a guy that has experience at the college level to be a day one fill-in guy. I think that does this for Tennessee as the young guys start to learn the system through spring and summer and into the fall, maybe the first couple games as well before you can start to rotate those guys in. I think that's the biggest thing for me is depth. Yeah, for me, definitely experience like you brought up. I mean, this guy's been playing two straight years. Of course, he got injured a little bit uh, this past season but was still very effective all AAC uh player back there uh, and also again brings depth uh, also brought in Jermod McCoy a few weeks back from Oregon State that's going to be another big piece uh, that has proven himself already even though he was just a freshman this past year was able to put good enough I guess film together yeah film together uh, for this team to reach out and was able to bag another big one uh, so takes a little bit of pressure off of those young guys that we haven't really seen too much of but played pretty well against Iowa so uh, two guys that I think can really mesh uh, and make an impact this upcoming season for sure. So McMurray is a six foot 180 pounder uh, from Maryland and the cool thing out of high school he was only a two-star in the 2021 class and I think it's cool that you know sometimes everyone gets so caught up in recruiting rankings and okay well, we got this five-star guy five-star guy and that automatically means they're going to be great doesn't always work out that way and sometimes you have a guy uh, like McMurray who's a two-star that can come in and be instant impact and he had a really good time for Temple and I think as you said add some depth add some experience because you know the, the portal was kind of like a they just I guess they picked up all the DBs at practice and took them away to the portal because Tennessee was very thin in that bowl game. Luckily, didn't have any or many injuries to that position. But um, I think anytime you can add guys with experience and add depth to that roster, I think that's very big, especially with the amount of great receivers you're having to play against in the SEC. Um, obviously got the guy from Oregon State, got the guy from Middle Tennessee State, now you add a guy from Temple from all walks of life, all different types of conferences. I think that's good for Tennessee. Um, now also, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Heard from LSU, uh, still kind of waiting to hear uh, what that news is like. It kind of feels like we went on a roller coaster. Well, one day he looks like he's going to Tennessee. The other day, well, I don't know, Tennessee might be out. Um, how big of a get would he be? Would that be the biggest portal guy for Tennessee? Absolutely. Year. Oh, not even close. I mean, it fills a need immediately. Right now, the way the offensive line sits, you probably expect Andre Karik to step up at the other tackle oh, no. position, which unless he takes a step forward, not your guy, I don't think, long-term at the tackle position. So Hurd fills that gap, goes opposite John Campbell, and all of a sudden you have some pieces to work with at the guard positions to to be able to fill in the rest of the offensive line. I think that would be a huge gift for Tennessee. Yeah, especially after losing both Mincy and Addison Nichols to the transfer portal, uh, getting a guy like him that could be kind of like an anchor for that offensive line, just kind of plug-and-play guy, can be really good for an offensive line. I would not like to see Carrick get to the tackle spot. I don't think he's big enough, frankly, uh, to really – especially on that left side line since Campbell's definitely going to be on that right side. Uh, Hurd would be pretty – I don't know. He could swing this team an extra win maybe protecting Nico. 
Yeah, so Hurd was the number 15 player in the 2023 signing class. Now, I know I just said that stars and, and rankings don't necessarily mean anything, but it's always good to get one of those guys, right? <laughs> always good to get a highly rated guy. And I think, yeah, you know, we were talking about yesterday how important it is to protect your quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, with Nico. It's, it's very important. And anytime you can fill in guys and bring in guys with experience in the SEC and guys that are very highly recruited coming out of college, that's always a good sign. And um, I don't think you can ever get too many offensive linemen because at times this year, you know, we saw a couple injuries on the line and you had guys that were playing that maybe really shouldn't have been playing. Uh, you know, I hate to give Dane Davis a, a, a shout out there for that. But, um, you know, there were at times this year where, especially in that Florida game, you know, when you were missing Cooper, uh, Cooper Mace and that line got blown up by a uh, big 400 pounder Desmond Watson and boom results in a turnover that turned that game so you know offensive line might not be the the flashiest position but it's really important and I think when you have a guy in Nico that's going to get his first full year under his belt next year you need to have an offensive line that can protect him uh, because you don't want him to be running around and running for his life every game you want him to be, to be comfortable and use his intangibles that we, you know, raved on yesterday in a positive way, and not have to, you know, dodge a, a freight train every time he he drops back to pass. So, um, Hurd would be a really big addition, and I think uh, I agree that would be one of the bigger additions uh, in this class. And also, you bring in Holden Stays and Chris Brazel, uh, two offensive guys, offensive weapons uh, through the portal as well. So, uh, I'll ask this: so far, without the addition of Hurd. What grade would we give Tennessee in the portal so far? Mm, I'll probably settle right around the B plus. I think is probably fair. You know, if you get hurt, it, it probably goes to an A. I would think you, you fill all your needs. You get DBs, you get weapons for Nico, you get a pass blocking tight end, and you get offensive line. So you're able to do everything you wanted to do. Um, but right now, I'd say I'd say B plus. It's been a very good offseason. You've missed on a few guys that so you're. It's really going to hurt. Yeah. But everybody does. I feel like these days. Yeah, uh, I'd probably give it about a B. I mean, just if we're talking about what we're what we lost and what we're gaining here. I mean, we lost big time uh, DBs, seven of them. Lost Tyler Barron, uh, some big pieces. Gerald Mincy that didn't play too much this year, but was still a big time part of that 2022 squad. I'd give it around a B, just because we are replacing things that we do need. But man, that just that defensive backroom just took a hit and a half. Yeah, I'd lean B here too. Now, if Heard comes, I'd, I'd encroach on B plus A minus. Right. Um, another thing that some people don't really take into account that even though you might not be bringing guys in through the portal, bringing guys back, in my opinion, kind of falls in that same category of hitting guys in the portal. Bringing back Omari Thomas, right? That's no longer a need. You need to go find the portal. Bringing back Peely, no longer a, a problem you need to find in the portal. Bringing back Brew McCoy, your most reliable receiver, and not having to go get another guy in the portal. Retaining Cooper Mays and John Campbell. Those guys might not be transfer portal guys, but in reality, you know, if you lost them, if they went elsewhere to the draft or decided to just graduate, you're losing those guys. You're having to find another guy through the portal uh, if those guys leave. So, in my opinion, you're kind of keeping those guys around, and it's kind of the same thing as the transfer portal. All right, and in the next hour, we'll recap NFL Week 18 and ask NFL playoff contending questions. Stay right here on Overtime.